Well, hello there, listener. My name is Matthew Renfro, host of The Fro Show, and you're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's your good pal, Steve-O, from the 4i Radio Network. I'm here to talk to you about a wonderful designer we all know, uh, Revenge Lover. Illustrates and designs that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, please visit revengelover.com. And just do yourself a favor and tell them Steve-O sent you. I know it really doesn't count for anything, but, I mean, come on. Who's gonna, who are you going to trust? You going to trust somebody else? No, you're going to trust me, Steve-O. Because, face it, I'm awesome. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. It's funny, I got this microphone with the thought that RangerCast is going to keep being a thing, and yeah. I don't think I ever got to record a, an episode with this mic. So. Well, we're breaking it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, have recorded, like, other things, but not RangerCast. This is weird. This is <laughs> this is deeply weird. Why is it so weird? That I am all of a sudden this elder sage. <laughs> I'm not referring to any of you people of being that guy, but you know that guy makes up a large portion of the sort of people who go to Power Morphicon. AP, that's why it's a good idea that you're going to be wearing a mask after command. <laughs> Ironically, the show coming back, Power Rangers coming back, I mean, would have. Mm-hmm. I watch Samurai and I'm like, what is this? Like, I remember trolling uh, after the te- the other the, the first episode of Samurai, which is really the third episode of Samurai. Right. I trolled the Power Rangers Twitter feed, and they totally missed the joke. Their tweet was like, "Hey, how'd you like the premiere?" And I I said, "Hey, the the third episode was all right. I can't wait for the premiere." <laughs> uh, and now on Ranger Command Power Hour. What is RangerCast? RangerCast is drama. This is like, oh my god, oh my god, you can't give up now, Nick, you can't give up, blah, blah, blah. And then Nick's gonna like, give up. Bro, what? All these people have died in crap. RangerCast is comedy. They are making their preparations in a sea of tranquility. And I look at him and I say, yes, I thought I thought booty cat. RangerCast is romance. Take a picture, new couple here, kissing! Woo! RangerCast is adventure. <laughs> RangerCast is the top Power Rangers podcast on the web. You've got news, reviews, adventure reports, interviews, and fans speak their mind about their favorite color-coordinated spandex-clad heroes. So check us out at rangercast.potomac.com. Search for us on iTunes and discover the most more phenomenal podcasts on the web. Hey, 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 It's the Ranger Command Power Hour. Come on, this... Today on the Power Hour, Episode 53, Ranger Nation Spotlight, Tyler Waldman and RangerCast, recorded on October 10th, 2018. <laughs> Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. So Ranger Up with your hosts, I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. I'm Zach, also known as the Cinema Slob. And I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> 
Tyler, Vito Revolto, hey, what's up? Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And yes, today we do have a special Ranger Nation Spotlight with Tyler Waldman, the creator and host of the first Power Rangers podcast, RangerCast, which was launched in 2005. So, welcome to Ranger Command, Tyler. I'd say that makes me feel old, but <laughs> yeah, this this still feels weird, though. <laughs> we're going to try to make it feel as less weird as possible. No, we're going to make it super weird. <laughs> I could just feel, you know, your thousand yard stare through, through the <laughs> microphone. Good. Good. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Zach. <laughs> it's, hey, it's what I do, man. It's what I do. I, now I wish the post office just waited a day later. <laughs> No, no, no. It's all good. So yeah, we're just going to do our normal news. We're going to get right into it. So first, MMPR movie reboot casting news. Saban Brands alerted the Power Force that there would be a new Instagram account at Power Rangers Movie, which would start releasing the casting info for the new movie. And the email was like, all right, in a few minutes, we're going to announce it. And then it ended up being like an hour and a half. (laughs) They launched this new Instagram I think right now it's over 12,000 followers. We finally get a first peek into what's going on with the movie officially. Their logo is a first look at the redesigned lightning bolt. And we get the first look at actress Naomi Scott, who plays the Pink Ranger, as they say on the graphic. So just a little info on Naomi Scott. She was born in London, England. She's very musical. She has her own music career. She was discovered by British pop star Kelly Bryan from the band Eternal, who then signed her on as a client. Then in 2009, she appeared in the Disney Channel UK series Life Bites, and she's best known for her role as Mo Bangari on the 2011 Disney Channel original movie Lemonade Mouth. She also recently co-starred in the series Terra Nova, which also had Eka Darville, who played Scott Truman, RPM Red Ranger, and now she can also be seen in the movie the Martian. Um, Holy crap. <laughs> I know we're not used to people coming to PR with a whole lot of credentials, but yeah. I guess you can't really count the movie as PR proper. The lightning bolt news doesn't really excite me that much. For me, I'm just like, ooh, graphic design. I'm like, ooh, that looks shiny. <laughs> yeah, really, I think the bigger news, if you can call it that, at least... I know casting sides are casting sides, and who characters are is very much subject to change. But am I wrong in being, in remaining cynical about this movie? I don't think so at all. I'm fairly cynical on it as well, especially with the details that we'll talk about in a second that came to light that really just made me go, what? No. Yeah. (laughs) We've yet to get a piece of actual, concrete, proven, legitimate information about anything, except for this casting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. and maybe the news that we're about to go through is a step in some direction, but as Saban has done, how many episodes of Dino Charge have there been? That many uh, things right 
with the Power Rangers universe since buying the show back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The fact that they call her just Pink Ranger instead of actually giving us a name like, oh, she's Kimberly. And apparently there was something attached to it at some point. I think I saw it on Ranger Board where it said that her character name was, like, to be announced or something. <laughs> so. Oh. Oh. Eh. Well, so, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Collider released a story for reboot plot details. I'm taking this with a huge boulder of salt because we've seen stuff like this before, especially with El Miambe and the whole Hollywood Reporter stuff. But everyone is moving with this story. I even saw Nerdist did a video about this on their daily report stuff. So this is spreading everywhere. To quote Collider, according to New Intel, we have learned that director Dean Israelite's action picture won't be focused on mining the old property at all, but rather continuing the story told in the long-running television show. In fact, it's looking like the movie will be wholly set after the events of the current TV iteration, Power Rangers Dino Charge. And since we're hearing that Dino Charge characters factor into the movie's opening... Perhaps it will serve as a handoff of the franchise to the new super-suited team. The movie will open with a huge battle scene. This has been referenced at various places across the web before. And I'm thinking, time out, I'm thinking, <laughs> what, you mean like legendary battle? <laughs> like, are they just referencing the, the big Power Ranger crossover thing? Please, no. Anyways, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Is this where the, all that toy reshot footage went? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be just hysterical? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Collider said that they have some new details as to the villains involved and what they're fighting over. It seems that in Ashley Miller and Zack Stentz's script, Rita Repulsa and Lord Zed will not be the main antagonists. As loyal fans of the series know, and this could be considered a spoiler here, both of those villains were among the evil forces purified by Zordon's energy wave that spread peace throughout the universe. However... Not all adversaries were neutralized, which apparently is Scorpina. So sources told Collider, the ruthless and dangerous minion of Rita has returned to plague the Rangers once more. And it seems she brought an army, which she uses to battle the Power Rangers and their robot Megazords in the epic opening battle scene. From what Collider's heard, the Rangers, presumably the Dino Charge team, are protecting the Morphin Grid, an energy field that provides power to every generation of Power Rangers. This energy grid not only lets the Rangers borrow its power to morph into their super versions, it gives them access to past, present, and future Ranger memories so that they can glimpse other Rangers and glean strategies from battles. Okay, so... <laughs> I have some thoughts. By all means, share them. Okay, the casting, this is going to make sense eventually. The casting news, you have Naomi Scott playing the Pink Ranger. They went out and said the Pink Ranger. Now, one way of looking at that is that who these characters actually were, that you know, the Pink Ranger, Kimberly, the Green Ranger, Tommy, somewhere along the line, I think over mm -hmm. PR's two decades the suits got divorced from the characters inside them and okay, i think that's yeah. probably why when saban goes out and says oh she's playing kimberly and that doesn't really mean anything to anyone as much as saying oh she's playing the pink ranger because that's what has the cultural cachet furthermore if this takes place 
after Mighty Morphin, what the hell do they mean by that? Because after Mighty Morphin, you know, Master Vile turned back time, destroyed the Rangers' powers, essentially. And uh, then the alien Rangers came and then the command center blew up. And uh, I think there was a time when somebody tried to do a follow up to Mm -hmm. what happened to the purified Zed. That was the Super Legends game. But that is not canon. I know that the writers of this have a resume and they they have a history of doing quality, at least, you know, box office quality stuff. But I'm still uneasy with the fact that Saban is so content to go back to not only the MMPR well, but the same well that Super Mega Force screwed up on. Setting up Dino Charge going forward to draw from that. Though, I guess it looks like they're doing it in a way not that dissimilar to 199 Heroes, sort of. Mm -hmm. You know, with the difference that the events of this movie are actually going to have an impact going forward, where they didn't exactly consult the (laughs) quote-unquote imaginary people in the Keys uh, going forward in Gokaiger. I'm getting on a tangent here. I mean, that's what intrigues me about this news is, is like the whole... Morphin grid thing. Intel Operation Overdrive. Oh, right. It was never a physical thing that you could go to. Oh great. I get to I get to rip on once a ranger again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, which I thought was strange because really Operation Overdrive was the last time we really heard about the Morphin grid mentioned. The the Morphin yeah. like the Morphin grid and Operation Overdrive, how look, Jackie, if you're listening. We still love you. Come back. <laughs> but the Morphin Grid, as it was portrayed in Operation Overdrive, is a J.J. Abrams, you know, right, right in the, for- the Force Awakens with Lawrence Kasdan. So, okay, get this. What if the Force is actually a subway station on the bad side of New York? <laughs> <laughs> Wrap your head around this. <laughs> and, and we need to send R2-D2 into this metaphysical subway station <laughs> To fix the force. That's that's essentially what it was. It was so bad. And that was the thing. Because that's the only way that Luke Skywalker's son, grandson, second cousin, three times removed, I don't know. That's the only way that 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 poor little boy will learn how to use the force again. You can help your your poor uh, impoverished Jedi Jedi just down the road for you. Cost of, oh, a dollar a day and whatever credits are. I don't know. Now the Rangers, it costs them a dollar to morph every time. <laughs> I believe now they're using a, a freemium mobile app to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Yes. The Dino Charge app available on the uh, App Store. And on sale now, you can get 10 morphs for the low, low price of five ninety nine. <laughs> yes. I can save the world for at least 10 more days. <laughs> so until Operation Overdrive... The Morphin Grid was never a physical thing. So I don't really know what they're supposed to be protecting in this movie. Like air? I don't know. The Morphin Grid isn't a defensible location. It's not a physical thing. Mm-hmm. That's one thing where I'm just like, okay. But what they what they said, how they described the Morphin Grid, is intriguing if it didn't go against canon. Because if Rangers have access to like 
future Rangers memories, there would be no need for them to be surprised that they're going to continue living. <laughs> Essentially, like, we're always going to win. It's like, are these Rangers all, all of a sudden going to be Lieutenant Data? Right. Like, they know everything. <laughs> it's it's always been assumed from Power Rangers that once you become a Ranger for the first time, you essentially you know learn everything about... Yeah, yeah. yeah. You learn all about your powers from the morphing grid. I, not... Everyone else's. Well, actually, not not even when you morph. I think this was pretty concretely established in Dino Thunder, where it was clear that after absorbing the power of the Dino Gem, Kira, you know, was shocked that she could do this stuff. Mm. You know, just fighting while dressed like a 2004 hipster looked like. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, either subconsciously or whatever, they... Yeah, I mean, it's the Matrix, essentially. Yeah. And then, what the hell has Scorpina been doing for the last 20 years? Really? Getting recast <laughs> is what she's been doing. <laughs> this plot leak or whatever, it intrigues me, but at the same time, I'm like, this sounds just like so much crap fan fiction yeah. out there. Well, see, the thing is, you know, I heard you guys touching on this last week. There are these comics coming out that are also going to have this kind of problem of conflicting with things that have already happened. And MMPR is a well that you can only go back to so many right. times without stepping on other people's feet or on things that were contradicted in episodes that you may or may not have watched as a basis for these comics. Exactly. I really hope that this movie is in its own separate continuity, not connected with the continuity of the TV show, because the movie could really screw up this if this is this big war or well, whatever that they're describing at least from what we're hearing in the involvement of the dino charge rangers mm -hmm. it sounds like it might be and the, the only reason that the the first movie was mm -hmm. not canon was because saban had no right to use that footage at all anywhere right. ever period because it wasn't their movie it was fox's Whereas mm -hmm. Turbo, it was Saban's movie. It was the the old, basically you know the Lucasfilm style distribution. But since this is, I mean, I'm not sure what the deal is with Lionsgate, but it's possible it might actually be canon. That worries that me. That complicates so many things going forward. It does because if okay, so if these guys are the new Rangers, then what about the next season of the TV show? Is the TV show ending? Are yeah. we not even getting Ninja Tokuger? I don't think the TV show is ending until Sentai ends and then they'll figure something right. out. Um, and Sentai's not going anywhere because they keep, it can pretty much go back to the same well every 10 years or so. I think that the thing with Saban and continuity is they don't really give a crap. I think Robo Knight, really Robo Knight is about as dead as Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the fact they just showed up in the Legend Barrel. Oh, hey, it's good to be back. Like, what? <laughs> you died. You died. It's like, why? Why don't you bring in Magna Defender while you're at it? <laughs> oh. I'm back, he Mike. Was in the battle though. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't in the battle in that footage. I'll grant you that. But in One Night on Heroes, you bet your ass Bull Black was there. If they did do this whole incontinuity thing, I'm presuming it would be something more like the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe thing, where it technically ties into all the television properties. But I highly doubt they would do that, because like you guys said, they don't care. Well, the thing with the MCU is the MCU has essentially been run by the same people 
going back to the first MCU film, which I guess you could say was Ang Lee's Hulk, technically, sort of, kind of, uh, but really, you know, more like Iron Man and stuff. But the thing with the, the MCU is they've known what they've been doing for the last decade or so, whereas it's been Saban, Disney, Saban, different regimes, different EPs mm-hmm. uh, contradicting mm-hmm. one another, plus the reams of ancillary media like the video games like the that are pretty much not canon, like the comics and everything else. At least with Doctor Who, they already have it established that Big Finish is canon period, and then drove that right home with Night of the Doctor. And they have, they seem to have their ancillary media pretty much in line. But PR, I think it's so much of a hydra uh, in terms of, of these different regimes that it's impossible to keep this stuff in line. And Saban, who you think has as much invested in keeping all that stuff straight, they don't seem to care, at least based on Legendary mm-hmm. Battle, based on this. Yeah, Super Mayo Force was a big chance to not reset continuity, but reaffirm that the continuity is still happening. Yeah. And they missed the boat. And Absolutely. Sure, you can see the faces of, of these past actors, but it's like, well, wait, where the hell did they come from? Why is Leo back from Miranoi? Why is Tom and wearing why- his Green Ranger suit? Right. And, and why is Leo wearing the same thing he wore like 12 why is, years ago? Why is Damon wardrobe department. Saban's <laughs> wardrobe department right there. Well, why did Damon travel to Earth wearing his mechanics uniform? From <laughs> Adventure, which f***ing exploded. But I think that the thing with Super Megaforce is I can think of probably no bigger plot hole and Super Mega Force, uh, there's, you know, not a necessity, just out of laziness than yeah. using the Preacher Ranger oh. suits that they explained away by saying, oh, these are like new powers from another planet. Well, you know what? There are powers from other planets represented, <laughs> you know, that yeah. footage that you can use, footage of the, the Kaku suits, the, the, the Giga Man suits that are, as far as we're concerned, Rangers on another planet. It was just Zakor and, like, and laziness. Like, it's like, okay, wh- where were these new super awesome new powers during Countdown to Destruction? Were these rangers just off lounging around at the Onyx Tavern or something while the alien rangers were kicking Diva Tox's ass? <laughs> if that's the standard for new powers, for awesome new powers, man, the, whoever wore these suits were real sad sacks. <laughs> they were <laughs> This whole thing, this just opens up a can of worms. The only saving grace I could say about the continuity-wise that Brian Castrantini, who also is an executive producer on the show, is also executive producing on the movie, at least in some capacity. So that's really our only hope. That's the guy. That's the connection to Saban Brands and Lionsgate. That is really our only hope for some kind of semblance of story that makes sense. Yeah. He is the Kevin oh. Feige of Power Rangers. <laughs> Which still worries me because Zach Orr got away with all that shit. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder what he's up to now. Is he ruining Pretty Cure instead? <laughs> Maybe. Because <laughs> have you noticed yet what that got named for Netflix? No, what? Can't believe they could come up with a more generic name. Glitter Force. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Glitter geez. Force. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if everyone else is done, I've got a totally 
kind of separate theory about all of this. Because they didn't mention a character name, and apparently they leaked at some point that the character names are to be announced, I think those casting sides were total red herring joke casting yeah, sides. Uh, absolutely. It's, yeah, I mean, that's happened. Names change. That happens all the time. It's possible that people thought they were auditioning for Kimberly. Yeah, I, I just think that they are because after El Mayimbi leaked the plot details, the writers of the movie went out of their way to say that no, that's, that's not right. right. They subtweeted the hell out of him. <laughs> <laughs> then these side eye subtweeting. These <laughs> things pop up, and they're so terribly bad. Anyway, it's fine. Your your dog. It's your dog it's a, is a. She's okay. really it's okay. angry about this movie. It's okay. <laughs> exactly. We, we even dogs can see through the bullshit. We all have rough nights now and then. <laughs> oh, oh bunch. <laughs> no, but. Anyway, um, I just think that the casting sides were just jokes because they were so terribly, almost unbelievably terrible. Well, wait, 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 wait. I believe that is SCG Power Rangers motto, unbelievably terrible. It's on the and everything. Well, that's the thing. When we read the cast sides a few episodes ago... We could barely get through them without laughing every five seconds because it's just horrible. Like, like there's a there's a there's a line between like bad and still kind of watchable, aka Power Rangers for the past couple years. Yeah, skip the movie. Wait for the bad, riff tracks. Like, so bad that you can't that you can't even like really look at it without side eyeing the out of it wait wasn't super mega force that bad i know i could i couldn't watch it without side eyeing the <laughs> out of it and you could still kind of watch it though like it wasn't good at all but you could still technically sit down and watch it i mean look the first year of our podcast took place during super mega force's run oh, and somehow God. we still got through it <laughs> yeah i mean how much valium did you need yeah. Oh. A time. Well, we did. We did do a drunk live cast of the finale. So a legendary battle. You needed alcohol to get. Through that. It was terrible. See, yet since my seizures, I can't even drink my way through Power Rangers anymore. <laughs> I can't drink my way through baseball anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> This this is terrible. I just want um, some legitimate info from a legitimate source, and then yeah. all this crap will be done with. Yeah, the whole Collider reporting this and every other news site on the planet like running forward with it, there could be some bullshit fan who's creating their own credentials and saying, oh yeah, hey, I'm totally working and on I this movie. And I could see that happening. I yeah, could 100% and, see that happening. Yeah, and here's, oh, here's what I know... But it's really my fan fiction. Because this really sounds like fan fiction. Scorpina? Yeah. Come on. Like, why would you pull her out of the gutter? You wouldn't. <laughs> and I thought she was destroyed. If you're going to pull anyone out of the gutter, it would be Ivan Ooze. And we all know that. And even well, they, he they can't. They, they can't really touch Ivan Ooze. Yeah. Because yeah, of the fonts thing. Yeah. But you get my point. Yeah. Like, I, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. I mean, it's like the, the way that I approach Super Mega Force, even though... Unlike Super Mega Force, this actually has people with legitimate resumes behind it uh, in terms of the screenwriting, but yeah. I don't trust the people above them. I see what you're saying. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might be, you know, working a margin order because ultimately PR is, is a toy commercial. Not to say that the MCU films aren't, but at least they have a little more meat on those bones. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And obviously Power Rangers is a completely different target audience than, than the MCU. But when you have Ashley Miller and Zach Stentz who worked on freaking the first Thor movie, I expect better dialogue than those casting sides. New Girl Listens. What? Dropping the bullshit. <laughs> Zach's dropping the bullshit. So what, what you're saying is those sides from the writers of Thor left you with Thor feelings? Oh. <laughs> oh. And I thought my jokes were bad. Zach's dropping the bullshit. <laughs> I think if you're going to reboot Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, you're rebooting the movie franchise. You gotta have something better in mind. And if you're rebooting the franchise, why tie in, like, the Dino Charge Rangers and villain from 20 years ago? Unless they're going the Star Trek JJ route, where they acknowledge the past continuity, but then this is an alternate universe. If you got the Morphin Grid then maybe it opens a portal to an alternate dimension or, or wherever that this movie is yeah. going to take place. Like getting the Dino Charge Rangers involved, the, who ca- the general audience isn't going to care. Yeah. They're not. And the only, yeah. way, the only way that would even look right, because the Dino Charge Rangers are totally like obviously spandex and like cheap materials. And if this is going to be a big budget movie, like or at least a bigger budget movie, mm-hmm. that would not look right at all. And and that brings a whole nother thing. Are the Dino Charge Rangers going to be reimagined? Which, I mean, might look cool from a movie standpoint. Mm -hmm. But that seems like now you're designing for two teams. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, I hear it. Depending on how the movie actually turns out, maybe the the, the writers will try to distance themselves from it. And the trailers will be... Uh, I'm actually checking IMD, um, IMDb on this one from the writers of Agent Cody Banks and the director <laughs> of this, that, the other thing. Because I just, really, I think that's the, the creative high bar that PR can aspire to, or that this movie can aspire to, I should say. We've known about this movie now for over a year, mm-hmm. and this is the first real news that we're getting And speculation is just running rampant. And, like, all these nerdy news sites like Collider or Nerdist, who are in the entertainment field respected in their own right, but now they're running with what could potentially be somebody's fake-out. I hate this whole, oh, yeah, we've got sources reporting. Your source could be some guy in his basement with his fan fiction. You know what? That's what it could be. You know what? They they didn't need to hire hire the, these uh, expensive writers. They could have just, you know... <laughs> Called up a mitt and had and had him rewrite <laughs> Scorpion Rain. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> well, at least a mitt knows the franchise. <laughs> you know what? If they do want to go grim dark, I'm not going to go more blue than I have to. But I think you know which fanfic I would suggest next. <laughs> <laughs> Use your imaginations, kids. No, don't do that. That's a bad idea. Okay, no, no. Okay, so Dark any early uh... heart. <laughs> oh shit! And keeper. Agony two electric boogaloo. F- Fifty shades of keeper. <laughs> oh. Oh. Where does he even live? <laughs> <laughs>
He lives in a cave offside of the Dino Charges command center. He lives he in a pineapple under the sea. <laughs> I sleep in Coda's bed. <laughs> My keeper voice is not as good as Chris's, though. It's just no, no. Cr- Chris, Chris is the best keeper, keeper voice. <laughs> you use the power of the energy. <laughs> oh God, we're getting way off. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm like crying with laughter. <laughs> okay, any final thoughts on, on this collider news? Are we calling BS on it? I would. I uh, yeah, I think it's way too early to make any final judgments. I can say that what we know now is pretty awful, but I'm not ready to make final judgment because we don't know for sure if this is something that is actually in the movie. What the hell? What? Wait, Zach, what are you typing right now? Breaking news. I see it all over Twitter. I saw it all over Facebook. Apparently, Yoshi, aka Dino Charge Blue, is cameoing in an episode of Ninja. Oh, what the f***? Get the f*** out of here. Well, look, look, look. Wait, 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 wait. Back, back up, back up, back up. First, could you share a tweet in the Google Doc? think I can. Hang on. How do I... But while you're doing that, Yoshi Sadarso was in Japan a while back. Yes, uh, he was. was. Living at... Oh, no, Miss, Mr. Yellow is reporting that. Yes, it's Mr. Yellow is saying he retweeted from at the real Shogo. Uh, in the section of Toei's site that mentions Jiraiya's guest starring, it says the blue dino charge actor will cameo. Okay, okay. Wait, this, is, this oh, is incredible. And... This is incredible. Wait, but I think, you know, it, I guess mi- we... Miss, hmm? From Mr. Yellow's tweet, Yoshi responded with a wink. It's true. It's true. It's true. Now, I guess, I, I guess you know, maybe the reason that maybe there are people who didn't see his coming, I didn't, was he was out there living out his dreams. And by virtue of having been a Power Ranger, he got to hang out on... On the Ninja set, kind of like how James McClurkin got to do the same when he was just you know bouncing That's around right. Japan, and Yoshi even met with uh, met his uh, counterpart from Kyoto while in mm-hmm. Shinjuku. Wow, this is awesome! This yeah. is the is this has to be the first time this is it. It is a first. Time. That is amazing. This is the first time that a Power Ranger actor is cameoing in the Sentai. Worlds are merging. I am, Worlds are colliding. I just saw this all over my Twitter feed, and I was like, I gotta interrupt with this news, but I don't want to interrupt. No, I will take this news over shitty speculation about the empty <laughs> yeah. car movie. This is amazing. Yeah, they're they're losing their minds in, on Ranger Board in the Ninja thread, or at least they're just starting to. Uh, <laughs> because this this is just fresh. The one post, the one real reaction post about it says. I swear, if that boy becomes a Sentai Ranger, he's officially lived all of our dreams. I'm going to second that. <laughs> okay, I mean, Yoshi, he's one of us. Yeah, I was about he's to say a- that. Yeah, he, like, you know, there, there's that, that scene early on in, in uh, Dino Charge where we catch him humming the Kyoryuji theme, which he can get away with because they, they can use that no problem. Exactly. And it amazes me. He went to Japan. He went to Toei. He met, apparently he filmed a freaking episode. <laughs> I mean, he had the pictures with the cast, so I didn't think they would actually put him on camera. That's... Yeah, I mean, I thought it was just photo-opping. Yeah. You know, like, again, like we saw uh, with Max Actor. Yeah, like he was just getting a studio tour or whatever. Yeah, I, mean, but... you know, just cur- I thought it was just a courtesy. But yeah, I mean, he, like you said, he, he is absolutely one of us. I mean, I thought he was just doing what I've 
done really when I'm in Japan, just only with a little more opportunities than I had when I was in Japan. <laughs> but it turns out that he's he, he actually is living every single one of our dreams. <laughs> I just wonder what he's going to be doing on this episode. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting. I am, well, I'm definitely going to be tuning in to find out because that's insanely awesome. I'll actually have a reason to watch an episode of Ninja. Wait, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually going to post the link in the Skype chat where it actually says it on Toei's site. Okay. This is next week. When this episode releases uh, next Saturday, watch the live stream of Ninja because you're going to see Yoshi in it, apparently. Oh, yeah, there's mm-hmm. even a picture of him. Okay, yeah. Pow- Power, oh, Power Rangers. You didn't see that? Yoshi I'm I'm scrolling through the pictures here. And they note that by Dino Charge, they mean all, like, you know, based on Kyoryuja. And oh, oh my, my God. God. That's <laughs> so awesome. Oh, you're living gonna, all of our dreams. Gonna, man, oh. this is great. So. Wow, that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> We're all Facebooking and Twittering. Uh, so, hey, this is much more exciting news than the than what, Mighty Morphin reboot. So, oh, crap. Sorry, I just had to interrupt with breaking news. <laughs> Toku Nation just tweeted out: "Finally, a reason to watch Ninja." <laughs> it it really is that shows. <laughs> So let's try to move on to the the (laughs) last part of our news. So the Legacy Communicator, Blade Blaster, and Falcon Zord were on display at New York Comic Con this past week. The Communicator will play Zordon's voice, the classic Communicator sound effect. It will have the classic light, stainless steel, and changeable color plates, which green and white were noticeably absent, so you can buy that version all over mm-hmm. again in the future. Comic-Con exclusive. Then the Blade Blaster will debut for sale at the London MCM Comic-Con, October 23rd through the 25th, in limited quantities. Bandai UK also released a YouTube video of the Blade Blaster in action, uh, like most roleplay toys in the Legacy line, it can play the original theme song. Yay. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I, I, but, I know if it didn't, I wouldn't buy it. But I did see that YouTube video. It looks pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm getting I know that if there was a Blade Blaster toy, ba- I mean, certainly there was. Come on, it's Power Rangers. It certainly wasn't that intricate. No, it wasn't. I mean, that that was the, the original one where you had the uh, Blade Blaster and Morpher set. Mm-hmm. that goes on eBay for ridiculous prices. That's why I personally like the Legacy line so much. It's like, I don't have to resort to eBay prices for the originals while he had a new and improved version for a decent price, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Wow, holy crap, Yoshi. In- <laughs> <laughs> I'm anxiously awaiting the comments from some uh, JDF fanboys who say it should have been him. Uh. But... <laughs> You know. Yeah, that's going to happen. All right. So now the reason we're here to talk about the topic of this episode, we're doing our Ranger Nation Spotlight on you, Tyler, and RangerCast. Well, our Ranger Nation Spotlight, we highlight people who at least we think are pretty significant in the fandom. And I don't think you can get any more significant when you're talking about Power Rangers podcasting than the one who was first. And that's RangerCast. I wanted to ask you, Tyler, how did that all start? <laughs> well, a bit like that old Aesop fable about belling the cat. There is a thread, if you look hard enough on Ranger Board, you can find it, from around the time when podcasting was starting to become a thing. Mm-hmm. Right around the time, I believe, the uh, iTunes started 
allowing podcasts on its store, mm-hmm. you know, just basically a, as a glorified RSS reader. And I put something out there, like on Ranger Board, saying there aren't any Power Rangers podcasts to my knowledge. There's Star Trek, Star Wars, whatever, but there are no Power Rangers podcasts yet. And I was like, uh, hey, maybe we want to, you know, get something together. I don't recall by any means volunteering myself at the time. So naturally, mm-hmm. <laughs> the original crew included some familiar names to fans now. Lisa J, Katie, hey, uh, Hazy Destiny. Yeah, there we go. Jeremy, who, yep. JDF. Um, <laughs> yeah, on, on Ranger Board. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Mike, Modern Romance. Mm-hmm. And the first episode, I like I recorded it on literally like something I plugged into my headphone jack, uh, you know, tiny microphone, wasn't even using headphones, didn't know what I was doing. And for the first number of episodes, in fact, I'd probably argue till the end, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was using jury rigging equipment. I didn't have a mixer. I was using Audacity slash pirated software slash uh, garage band and there was a time when when i didn't know how to record calls when i was having people record themselves and make sure they were at the same bit rate and send them to me and uh yeah it was pretty rough and put out the first episode and then we found a place to put them we had the the cart about a mile ahead of the horse for a while um (laughs) so we went to podomatic then switched to libsyn and then eventually got our own domain. But yeah, it started just kind of on a lark. I didn't really think it would be that big a deal. The next thing you know, I was covering conventions. I was covering Power Morphicon. I was covering Anime Mid-Atlantic. I was covering ASEN. And I was doing all these events. And Oh man, ASEN 2008. That was the time, man. That would, was... Would you... I have a story about ASEN 08, but uh, we can bring that up later. And this was before Power Force. So the fandom at that time, you had Doug Sloan posting on the boards now and then. You had some of the actors uh, like Lathan Gaines popping in now and then. But generally, uh, the fandom and the people who uh, were running the show and paying the bills were very separate. And so the fandom really had to entertain themselves with all due respect to the power force, it was happening in a very organic way. And these interactions and these fan creations. And a lot of it centered on Ranger Board because at the time, that was really the only centralized place for Power Rangers discussion. At the time, yes. There is one board that I, I prefer not to talk about. It's okay, uh, about, we don't like I, to talk I'm, about it either. I'm not going to really air that dispute on here. Uh, yeah, but that's yeah. a dispute that happened and the people probably know about. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's how it started. Uh, you touched a little bit on, on the recording process, but what did you really use to talk all at the same time <laughs> before? I mean, I, I know you had everyone record their tracks yeah. separately. But, well, we used, but we, what was... we used Skype. Okay. And then I got an extension for Skype at one point called Call Recorder. And like I said, you know, all this stuff was jury-rigged to hell and back. It was very primitive. I mean, you know, we didn't have This Week in Tech Money or something like that. And we basically made, made this stuff up as we go. And just had to get everybody's files and hope and pray. So, I mean, I would sometimes have a backup recording going, but I was just trying to get as be- the best quality I could with the uh, the tools that we had. Especially yeah. considering that we were all in different parts of the country. I think I had the luxury of recording next to somebody 
while Skyping out once. Mm -hmm. And that was when I was having connection troubles or something. I decided to hang out with Seamus in the old uh, college newspaper offices because I pulled him into that and apparently did a lot for him there. We had a lot of of technical issues to put up with cross time zones. I think one time I called in Maddie, uh, Jedi MB, from Sweden. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, which I did not do again. Not because, <laughs> not because he didn't add anything to the discussion, but because when he got people in Minnesota, in yeah, uh, in Baltimore, in wherever, that kind of becomes an obstacle. Well, it's good to know that the same issues still kind of crop up even for newer podcasts. But I know you mentioned like Seamus and yeah. who's on Dance Who Rants and mm-hmm. Lisa and Jer who went to do No Pink Spandex. And, they're celebrating their 10-year anniversary, which is insane. Can you tell us about any other like hosts, your co-hosts, people who are now still in the fandom doing their own thing? Yeah. You know, when you asked me to come on, I mean, I said yes right away because I love doing this stuff. But there was a part of me like, man, why do they want to talk to me? But then I, I stepped back and mm-hmm. I appreciate what Lisa has been able to do, what Dan Stoku Rance has been able to do, what Seamus is doing as a career right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel a satisfaction that not only did I contribute, feel Apparently, did I, I contributed in a way that people appreciated. I helped set people in the path to start podcasts of their own, and not just people I worked with, people who listened to my stuff. You know, picked up well after my podcast faded. But as for the other hosts and co-hosts, we pretty much picked up hosts based on the wait, wait, don't tell me strategy. Okay, who's available? Um, <laughs> you know, I was just kind of asking around a couple days before, like, hey, can you record? Hey, can you record? Hey, can you record? You know, just going down the phone bank. Some people worked for the show. Some people didn't fit into that rhythm. And some people were just available a lot. Some people like me just didn't have social lives. And that, that worked great. But as far as the other hosts, I think... Maybe the the most frequent, Chris, I guess. Chris was... Yeah. I mean, I don't have a... Tristan and Impy, Ryland. They were the most frequent. Seamus, too. And Darren, Moonzine, I should say. Yeah, they were probably the core folks who I, I turned to most often um, mm-hmm. down the stretch for the show. I know, Sausage Fest. <laughs> but as the original hosts went off and you know did their own mm-hmm. things, you know, the show must go on. And I think there, there were some personality clashes now and then. But, you know, we resolved those one way or another. And Chris brought with him a lot of of knowledge, a lot of history, and maybe gave us a lot of credibility. Funny thing is, I was telling you this before the show, Chris, Mm -hmm. not that I, you know, think anything's going to come of this. When we first brought him on, it was just as a special guest, just hanging out. The notable fan, the same way that in one earlier episode, I uh, interviewed August Vergoni. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just thought it'd be a one-time thing. And then he just kept coming back, coming back, coming back. And uh, I really appreciated that. Not only was he a good co-host, he also became a close real-life friend. You did mention Chris became one of your really good friends, and he was also involved in the first uh, Power Morphicon. And I know you earlier mentioned all the different conventions that you covered mm-hmm. for Ranger Cast. So can you tell us any crazy convention stories? Which cons did you cover? That kind of thing. Okay, this is a big question with a lot of different answers. Now, there is an elephant in the room here about what happened at the last Power Morphicon. And I think people know what happened and what happened immediately after. But what I want to talk about isn't so much crazy as it is (laughs) absolutely amazing. 
when I was discharged from the hospital, it was pretty much right after the con ended. I basically went home with about maybe an hour or so of con that I remember. When I arrived back at the hotel, there were two gentlemen there waiting for me in the lobby. I think maybe they just keep an eye on Twitter. I don't know how they knew that I was coming. Uh, but they were there with a bag of stuff that had been autographed and the uh, the ticket sign, you know, where you would get your ticket to get the uh, the con exclusive Ranger keys autographed by literally every single person who was there had something to do with the show. Wow. And it's still sitting in my living room. We keep meaning to head over the framing place to get it framed. It's kind of thick, you know. Um, (laughs) And they said something that didn't really put as much stock in as maybe I should have. They told me that they would get a crowdfunding effort going to get me to to Ranger Stop. And I believe that this made the rounds of social media too. I didn't really, you know, think too much of it because I was still just trying to – I was bummed about missing the con. That crowdfunding effort was a runaway success. Austin St. John put down $300, offered to count my flight, which, yeah, and there was enough money to, uh, incidentally, in between this hospital stay and and Ranger Mm -hmm. Stop, I'd gotten married. So we ended up using the crowdfunding money to have this gentleman get my wife plane ticket as well. And we went down, and it was our honeymoon. Admittedly, we didn't spend that much time in Ranger Stop proper because mm-hmm. we're across the street from Universal. Come on now. <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> so we went to Universal. We did Magic Kingdom. We had ourselves a fantastic time. And I did get a chance to thank uh, Austin personally. And that really reminded me, not only the kindness of strangers, but in a not egotistical sense, how much fans care about each other. And they would have done this for anybody. They did it for me. And it was really amazing. So, Al, onto a walkie story. <laughs> okay. Um, back when I didn't know what, well, I still don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> Anime Central 2008. I told you I'd have a story yes. on this. Zach and I were there. Yeah, yeah. This is the opening <laughs> ceremonies. I was using a attachment to my iPod to record, and mm-hmm. I had it sitting down next to me in the ooh, second whatever row you know, while I was taking photos. And P. Landers E was introduced during the opening ceremonies. And as unpredictable as they usually are, the whole band, which at that moment was four guys because Blue was on his way out, they jumped off the stage and stampeded through the seats. And guess whose seat Yellow's left foot landed on? Guess yours and my my iPods, yeah. Uh, and I saw that that infamous frowny face, the X's over its eyes, and there goes my iPod. Um, here I was at probably the first real opportunity. We had to talk to Power Rangers guests in, in the flesh at a convention. and At a time when Power Rangers going to conventions was not really a thing yet. Right, not, aside not at all. And, and there we had, uh, you know, Jason David Frank before, you know, he, he wore out his welcome <laughs> With pretty much everybody on the planet. But yeah, I filed a report about it with con staff. That happened. Nothing ever came of it. And Lisa was kind enough to let me borrow her spare for a while to record that presser with the actors who were there. Let's see, other convention stories. Anything from the first Paramorphicon, you were at that, Okay, the first Paramorphicon. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the Statue of Limitations is worn out on this. (laughs) <laughs> i think so are you it's, are you aware of the story that i'm about to tell I, I have an inkling of what you're about to tell yes okay 
So this is Saturday night at the first Paramorph Con. Nobody was checking IDs at the front door of the hotel bar. I mean, I wasn't 21 yet. I wasn't drinking. Don't worry. You, the Wilshire Grand is knocked down anyway. Whatever. And uh, we talk if a few of the uh, cast of New Zealand, a couple of the Overdrive right. cast. Yeah. I forget who exactly. It's been so long. I think the lady who uh, played Ronnie if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Caitlin Murphy. Like, you know, just chatting up. Somebody whispered into her ear, hey, t- isn't time to go up to the 17th floor? And she turns to us, just delightful, like, you guys can come too. <laughs> I was literally at that table with you when that happened. <laughs> so do you know what happened next? We all went upstairs. Yes, we all <laughs> went upstairs. Oh, holy crap, Zach, you were a part of this. this. Here's the funny thing is, I know I had met Tyler before in person, I couldn't remember where. I wasn't sure if it was ASEN or PMC or whatever. But I know we had met before and chatted. And him just now bringing this story up is the story that I have told on occasion to friends where it's like, yeah, Saturday night, me and some other people at this convention got to go up to the VIP party and hang out and drink with the Power Rangers. <laughs> Wait, is that where Austin St. John gave you the... Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. So, I mean, I have... I don't have photographic evidence I got, from the party I, itself. Yeah, I got I got told that photos were expressly forbidden. Yeah, I, <laughs> I forget exactly what I was told because it's been so long. But what I do know is I played James McClurkin at Wii Tennis, and he's pretty good. Uh, a photo of me with James <laughs> McClurkin. This was the party where, let's see, I got headbutted by a fan named Chance. I forget what his... Ranger board name was. I'm not sure if he's really that active anymore. And I think this is where a certain infamous banner was signed. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Which recently, the videographic evidence of that was released a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was getting kind of hot and steamy out there, so Polly was like using a uh, half a pizza box. <laughs> and, the thing uh, I remember is we're all standing around talking, and all of a sudden, Polly barges in fresh off his flight like he just got there he comes up to the room and says who's doing shots and he pours four shots and he slams them all himself <laughs> i did not see that i did oh, not see that but uh it was such a I wild remember, like, party at the end again i don't this is a guy who i, I forget his real name mm-hmm. the ranger border known as west jansen at the end lined us all up and said this never happened <laughs> <laughs> I remember. <laughs> it was Melanie Vallejo who I, I took a picture with because I was like, I love you on Megaforce or Mystic Force. Excuse me. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Mystic you know, can, can I get a picture? And she's like, of course. She's like, but here's the thing. Don't take any more pictures tonight. This cannot go on record. Disney yeah. will absolutely terminate our contracts. And I'm like, okay, I promise. Oh, yeah. good. You, you, you bet your ass Power Rangers <laughs> actors have Mariah clauses. <laughs> Of course they do. <laughs> were you at Yomacon 2005? No. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You were not no, there. Yeah, I, I missed that. I missed that. But and so much depended on scheduling things around school, you know, doing the, doing the mm-hmm. show when I was in college and actually for a little bit of high school. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's how back. That's how far back I go. I remember scheduling my interview of Robert Axelrod around going to a school production, like theater production or whatever, and I pulled that off. And pretty uh, haphazard interview, but I I pulled it off. And I hadn't really interviewed somebody for real outside like this crappy student paper in my life. Believe it or not, I put Ranger Cast on my resume because that stuff ain't this stuff ain't easy. 
What you guys no, do it's ain't not. easy. And what I did, I was learning on the job and not getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. Like just the amount that of work that I do editing the show and not getting really compensated for it and, and not necessarily wanting compensation. That's I mean, the thing. It, it's, like, it's a labor of love. You pay, for, you pay for the equipment, you pay for the web hosting, you pay for the domain, you pay mm-hmm. for the travel. And I know that you have some ad rolls and stuff, but even if there's compensation that you know like i was it's all going back into the show right exactly well if anything i mean right. i took a huge bath on ranger cast over the years because mm-hmm. adsense didn't really pay because I, I you know i didn't get a whole lot of traffic on the website proper and i i had a donation button that occasionally there were people willing yeah. to give and you know that brings me to another story uh the podcast sort of helped me work through my father's death in 2008 uh he died mm-hmm. of lung cancer and I uh, decided after I came back that I was going to, uh, you know, besides keep doing the show. And I went to Otakon, I covered Otakon a month or so later, which was one of my more fun cons because it was a jam project. Like, it's the closest I get to religious experience. But anyway, um, got together a donation drive for the American Cancer Society. And that mm. went pretty well. I, I made it a contest. Uh, I probably could have done it more efficiently, but I made it a contest and that, hey, for every you know, $10, I'll put one ticket into this into this little Ziploc bag and I'll pull out two tickets and send this toy this way and that toy that way. And that worked out. I probably focused a little too nah, – I'm not going to go down that road in terms of my personal <laughs> life. But uh, it was a good distraction from everything mm-hmm. I was going through, being able to do that show for others. And right. that's why – God, it's like speaking to a shrink. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I, I, I yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. yeah, it's podcasting is such a great, it's a great distraction. It's an outlet. It, yeah, it is. Yeah. So we actually have a question from one of our listeners, Joshua Aaron Moore at Kentucky Jam. Uh, he said, "How has podcasting affected uh, discourse about the show?" That is a tough one. How would you say he means affected discourse? I think what I'm getting from that is, has your experience on podcasting changed your outlook on the show or how you look at the show? That's what I'm thinking. Like, I'm, I, can, I think it can be read two different ways, and I'll try to answer it okay. two different ways. In terms of, of how podcasting affected how I personally discuss about the show... I make sure that I have my stuff in order, that I'm making mm-hmm. reasoned opinions, even to this day, founded in things that actually happened, things that contradicted this or that from a previous episode. Having something constructive to say than, you know, your average YouTube comment. <laughs> right. <laughs> or average Ranger Board comment. Take your pick. And I think that in terms of how his podcasting affected discourse generally across the fandom, I don't really know because mm-hmm. I confess to you last night, I don't really listen to podcasts anymore. I ought to, but I don't. There just aren't enough hours in the day, and my MacBook is broken. I'm recording this on my work computer, so maybe another point. Yeah. But I think in terms of affecting – I think there are a lot more podcasts, and people reference them more often. We'll get to that because in our Ranger Nation answers question, we, <laughs> we asked, like, what was your first Power Rangers podcast that you've listened to, and what other ones did you listen to? I think everyone has mentioned every single Power Rangers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> in in the course of these comments but yeah, but yeah i mean don't... there's there's not enough it's... time to to listen to right. all of them obviously you know i remember when i got started r5 central was a thing uh yep. starting to be a thing mike dent was 
briefly one of our co-hosts, uh, still a good friend. I think it's affected discourse and the fact that so many people feel unable to do their own. Because it doesn't honest, it honestly doesn't require a whole lot of technology just to set up a show. It requires a, some investment to make it sound good and some skill to make it sound good. But in theory, anybody can do it. Exactly. And there are so many opinions out there. People review the show in different ways, and Mm -hmm. they like the show in different ways. Mm -hmm. So a related question, also from another listener, RJ Sills, Uchihabro77, at Anime Redneck 96. Uh, He said, what's it like seeing others in the fandom get the urge to make a podcast? Fantastic. I'm going to have to revise the answer that I just gave. As much as it's easy to... Start, it's not as easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I had to herd sheep every single episode, and I had to make a point of, se- of setting aside time to do the show, setting aside time to edit the show. Sometimes I would ignore that time and set up other time, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. I had to come on every single episode with something to say mm-hmm. and this is going to probably tie into an answer later uh but sure but i have a lot of respect for the people who still the time and energy and dedication and room for creative thought to do this week in week out month in month out whenever in whenever out uh which is turned into our schedule uh, by the end to do this like you said it's definitely a labor of love mm-hmm. for someone to really commit to doing this So that actually does lead into another question. Do you personally have any tips for people that maybe want to start their own Power Rangers podcast or any type of podcast? Have something to say. That sounds simple, but have something that you Mm -hmm. think your voice can add to the fandom conversation that wouldn't necessarily fit the form of a post. Find other people, not necessarily people who always agree with you. But find other people who, f- who feel the same way, that they have something to add. And have fun. Don't take yourself too seriously. I know I didn't. You know, we put out a couple April Fool's episodes where we killed off Chris Hayden pre-show. <laughs> in a, because we couldn't decide how to kill him. We, we said he died in a horse fire. <laughs> a horse fire. And the, the episode opened almost as if it was a surprise to me that like, you know, it opened in media's race as, as I, uh, with crocodile tears, announced the sad news <laughs> that we thought that we'd lost Hey Hey. There was another episode where we said it in the future. Like, I think we even acknowledged this went went like I just threw a number out there when we actually reached this episode. I like it was like a hundred. I when we actually reached this episode in terms of our actual count, he's like 125 prime. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we made this episode set in the future. This was during the dark years of Bruce Kalish. Um, <laughs> and we had a, a fake episode, and I think it was the finale of a certain season had Mezagog coming back or something like that. <laughs> and it was just absolutely ridiculous. And and in this Magical universe Power Rangers was actually good. <laughs> I want to live in that universe. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a shame that the hard drive that I uh, had everything on was accidentally oh. wiped. Oh. Including yeah, the that, theme song that you wanted. Yeah, that was the thing. I was like, oh, hey, Tyler. Like, before this, I was like, hey, Tyler, do, yeah. do you have the like a, the theme song or whatever? He's like, no, I don't. Seamus <laughs> claims to have all the episodes, uh-huh. but he does not have all the files I used in making the episodes. All those files? 
We're in that hard drive. Oops. <laughs> back up your stuff, kids. <laughs> that was the backup. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> this kind of uh, leads into the next thing. Why did Ranger Cast end? Short answer, fading. People didn't necessarily have the time anymore. My mm-hmm. schedule got a little uh, rougher, especially after I got a full-time job out of college. And it was more of a demand for people to make the time that fitted my schedule. Mm-hmm. And I considered passing it off, but ultimately, you know, for whatever reason, that didn't happen. And we let the show fade. Not necessarily let. It just did. And this was at a time when there wasn't really much to speak of in Power Rangers. And even if there was the ability to, everybody had their schedules open, including me, I don't think I would have had the energy to continue during Samurai because it was fun to rag on Overdrive and rag on Mystic Force. Jungle Fury was okay, even if I disagreed on principle with them using scab writers. And RPM obviously was fantastic. But I think that the thing about the the worst of the worst Kalish seasons at least seemed like they put some effort into it. Right. At least seemed like they, they, there's something positive here. There's something constructive we can talk about. Samurai, I was like, okay, I'm done. And it wasn't the okay, I'm done that I came to regret uh, when I forgot the Lionheart was on, turned on the TV, and I was like, what are you in the jungle for? Turned it off and didn't watch Power Rangers again for a year and a half. Samurai was just not – and Mega Force and Super Mega Force and whatever hyphenated variant thereof. Uh, there was just no effort into it at all. Yeah. And it didn't feel like it was something that I would want to have a conversation about because there wasn't really much to talk about besides – Yeah, this is boring. They act like they're talking down to children. We probably could have ripped apart Clash of the Red Rangers, mm-hmm. ripped it apart hard, because that wasn't just that, I, the isolated kind of bad. It also sh- took a a big fat dump on um on a, <laughs> on, on a good on, season on a good it, season, yeah, and consigned it to an to a parallel universe, which they uh, reestablished in Super Mega Force. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, look. Uh, I mean, I, I guess John, John Zaccord knows where the bodies are buried. But anyway, I digress. Um, but <laughs> God, this is a, lo- a long-winded answer. The short version is we just didn't have the time or the energy to do it. And mm-hmm. we probably would have stopped with Neo Saban anyway. Ironically so. But we would have stopped anyway. Yeah. I wish I was um, still doing it now. Hey, maybe we'll have you on more now that. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> now so. that I don't have to edit. <laughs> that's pretty much the only reason i agreed to do the show hey eric i'll be on your show do i have to edit no i'll do it okay i'm on <laughs> gotcha. and then finally what did the show mean to you okay the, talk about a loaded answer right <laughs> loaded question um or loaded question yeah well the show before I did the show, I was essentially not uppercase C casual fan. I was less active in the fan base side of things. Mm-hmm. I think that doing the show gave me an angle on was the breadth of what Power Rangers fandom has been and what it is and and all the amazing people in it who I probably wouldn't have known as well if I hadn't done the podcast. 
it meant to me a source of some amazing experiences not just the the ones that I shared stories about, not just the party, not just, you know, going to these conventions, but also having a chance to, even if I had to keep, you know, generally speaking, keep a straight face uh, a lot of the time, interview people who did stuff related to my childhood heroes. I got to interview Kerrigan Mahan. I got to interview Greg Aronowitz, who is awesome, by the way. He is really cool. Yeah. And I got to so many amazing, wonderful things, so many amazing, wonderful people over the years covering Anime Expo, ASEN, Otakon, Power Morphicon. I got to go to Power Morphicon, and I'm not sure if I would – I mean I probably would have. I'm not sure if I would have had as much fun there if I didn't know the people who I met through doing this show. Yeah. And it influenced me in my own career because when I was you know, in high school – Starting college, I didn't know I wanted to be a journalist, but I kind of fell into it. And this kind of helped me furnish my journalism bona fides. And indeed, I I seriously list range cast my resume. Even if somebody were to ask me to produce to show them what I did, I'm like, <laughs> funny story. But this is something that I did, and this is something that took a lot of a lot of effort. And it's something I'm very proud of. I definitely think you should be proud of it because just the fact that it inspired others to get into podcasting for Power Rangers – I think that's a, a pretty big contribution to the fandom. So thank you. Really, when I was creating my, my podcast, because I listened to RangerCast and No Pink Spandex, RangerCast, I, those are shows that really inspired me just as a listener to, to when I came up with the idea to, to do this show that I look to. So, and that's important to me. Even though RangerCast isn't an ongoing concern, it had an influence. Whether mm-hmm. I'm, I'm reluctant, you know, it takes me a little bit of doing to get me to admit it. But yeah, it did have have an influence, and that that's also something I'm proud of. That in a sense, it never really died. Uh, the influence is still there. Yeah, it, it definitely is. So before we get to Misty Eyed, I'm going <laughs> to read the mid-roll ad. Oh. Um, so, yeah, sorry. For you listeners of Ranger Command Power Hour, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day free trial uh, to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph for your free audiobook. You know, Tyler, he's one of those guys in the fandom I think everybody knows or knows of. And again, when you were telling the story about the first Power Morphicon, it it brought back a flood of memories like, oh yeah, that's who I was hanging out with. It's great to have you on and it's great to hear some of the insight that you've you've brought in regarding the show and everything. And just thanks, man, for being a Pathfinder. Wow, that's the first time I've been called a Pathfinder. (laughs) (laughs) Only on Ranger Command. Usually, usually I get lost on the way to the Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've lost AP. She said she had to drop out. She yeah. did. She did. Well, I'm going to continue on. So we got questions from Ranger Nation. Well, one question. You can go to ask.fm slash rangercommandph and ask us anything, really. So an anonymous person said, if any of you collect any of the few figures or anything Ranger-related, do you keep them in the package, open them, buy two of each, or does it depend for you what you want to open and what to keep in the box? For me, it depends. If it's a super high collectible that, for whatever reason, might command some money in the future, yeah, I'll keep it in the box. Or I might buy two, one to display. Like, 
I haven't bought any doubles of the legacy stuff, but just because I mean, it's pricey and, you know, we all have budgets. But, I mean, if I had more money, yeah, I'd buy two each of those and keep the boxed ones safely away for the future. I like to open figures. I like to take them out of the package for displays. I haven't done that for the past couple of years, so I still have all my Dino Charge stuff in their packaging. But, yeah, it's just for me, it's like a case-by-case basis. I really don't have a hard or fast rule on it. I mean, yeah, I guess, like me, it depends. If it's something from 93 or like some, like some of the stuff I'm selling on eBay, have sold on eBay, you bet your butt I'm keeping in the box. Because I have a still box Samurai toy that I won, I think, maybe. I'm pretty sure I didn't buy it a few years ago. Um, <laughs> I'm 100% sure I didn't buy it. It might have been a gift, actually. And I have an unboxed, obviously, Gavit Revolver. And the Legacy toys, I have the Ultra Zord uh, worked up on my dresser, among other things. But I think it really depends. You know, the Legacy toys at this point, especially, you know, previous generations of them, are essentially the, the Halo 2 of Power Rangers toys. Everybody's got them. Uh, so at this point, <laughs> after the fact, they ain't worth much. You know, it honestly depends on the toy. Like, if I can get as much enjoyment... Yeah. From, I mean, I have a lot of unboxed figure arts that I would put out and pose if I had room and if I weren't lazy. Uh, but that's really the only thing stopping me there. Again, case by case basis, I, you know, I have my Dino Charge figures out of the box on display. I have my Dino Charge Megazord and the Auxiliary Swords out on display on, on top of one of my dressers. And the only in box item I still have, and I will probably be selling it off before uh, next year's Paramorphicon, is. A Ninja Mega Falcon Zord movie edition, mint in sealed box. I bought it on eBay, thinking it was both of the full-sized Zords. Got it in the mail, realized, nope, this is just a crappy. They only snapped together the Falcon and the Megazord. <laughs> and wow, so, dang, man, you're rolling deep. So <laughs> I, I was like, well, what am I going to do with this? And I actually took it with me to ASEN 2008. And had every actor there sign it, as well as I had it signed by uh, Johnny Bosch at a uh, Collision Con 2011, I think. So oh, wow. it has a majority of the cast signatures, So and none of it's personalized. Like, nobody said, hey, to Zach. So I was like, hmm, this could probably go for something on eBay. <laughs> you know, okay, that reminds me of, I have an autograph story that I think you might actually relate to a bit. <laughs> okay, first Palomorphicon. You know the sad dealer's room oh i remember the sad dealer's room the old prop master somebody by by his table Mm -hmm. uh was selling had figures the only guy selling figures and they were german releases (laughs) so i got one of those and i think this is like the last day i actually managed to pull this off (laughs) i got autographed by steve cardenas austin st john tony oliver and koichi sakamoto but my friend eric outnerded me i think you know how he outnerded all of us at the first power morphicon he got the power sword i remember yeah eric lorded that over all of us and everyone's just like damn you eric oh my gosh that's crazy i think he got that autograph too i'm pretty sure he did pretty sure he did yeah i mean look come on why not because like (laughs) his story is that it was damaged or something and it was practically pretty much given to him how do you pull that off just a matter of right place yeah right place right time yeah like what did he like pull a jedi mind trick 
You have no need for the power sword. Yeah. No, not, no one these, will. These are not the swords you're looking for. Yeah. No one will ever need this ever again. <laughs> Just give it to me. <laughs> Yeah, so it's pretty cool. So we're actually going to move on to our Ranger Nation Answers question, uh, where we asked, what was the first Power Rangers podcast you listened to, and what do you listen to now? So uh, we're going to read our listener answers. So Rocky, on, on Twitter, Rocky505 said, Talking Toku was my first, followed by Ranger Command PH, and then the RRR podcast, I still listen to all three this day. And then uh, Terror Anno John at Terrano John says, You were my first Power Rangers podcast. Currently I listen to DTR, No Pink Spandex, and more, but I can't fit them all in one tweet. And Trenton Brewer, Big Trent 07, says, My first Power Ranger podcast was this one ever since it started. Also listened to Talkin' Toku and No Pink Spandex. Spooky Carrie Skeleton at Carrie Clan said RCPH was my first winky face, but I also listened to Talking Togu and the RR podcast. I'm just going to preface this by saying this is literally just one big plug for every Power Rangers <laughs> podcast out there. Yeah. I think uh, mine is a spam site now, so good luck with that. <laughs> I did. I actually went to it. And I'm like, what the I, I let this? I let the domain lapse a few months ago. You know what? Let me check. Oh, dear. Rangercast.net, are you taking care of the biggest organ of your body? <laughs> Whoa. Listen, I know we're a lot of people's firsts, but I mean, I don't think we need to be. Do you know that skin is the biggest organ of your body? But, comma, most people take care of only of the skin on their face. It is undeniable that taking care of facial skin is extremely no. important as it is the first thing that people notice. But it's also wait, wait, it's not, fa- fascia skin, not facial. But it's also not proper to ignore the rest of your body. <laughs> <laughs> wow, your your podcast site became Ranger Cast Wellness. <laughs> what was about a massage? Ranger Cat's wellness is devoted to bringing to to its customers the best that can help them to achieve their aesthetic goals Uh, that that was never my motto (laughs) with the help of our consultants, experts, and staff we develop products of the highest quality which are perfectly capable of giving our clients the look and appearance they've always desired try to implement the latest technology ha in, in the world of science, ha, in the form of world-class, world-class products with compassion to help our customers feel and live better. Oh, hey, wow. not only can such products give your tummy highs and buttocks proper typing, but also light and the stretch marks to almost making them invisible, that regular use. You know, you, you, know, <laughs> you know, I'm just, you know, without words, how proud I am of what the site became after I left. <laughs> Couldn't ask for anything uh, better. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> okay, Zach, I think it's your turn uh, to solve. Yeah, I gotta recompose myself. Solomon D at Sallyman underscore D says, My first was actually RCPH, the headcanon episode. Buki uh, um, Akaza, Tokyo Nigo, I should say. Tokyo Tugo. First one was this one. I'm not sure where they're going with, with that uh, handle. Start, uh, started with complaints about the fandom episode and been listening since. No regrets. The spookiest Sean at Snarky Sean 
said from the command center was my first. And now I listen to basically all of them now. And he included a plug for his own show that he co-hosts. That nice uh, Geek, yes, Geek Toku Pod. Lou Curley at Undead Number Nine says, "My first was your awesome pod. I currently listen to the Grid PR at Talking Toku, and the guys sadly still MIA at Dan's Toku Rants. They're dealing with some site issues for a month and a half. Their site's been down, so I." I don't know what's going on there. Mm. Okay, and uh, Christopher Evans, who is at Chris Evans seventeen, love use Captain America. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I started Riders, Rangers, and Rambles, Dance Toku's, Tan, Dance Toku Rants, and Range Command Power Hour all about the same time. Can't remember which was first, so I'll say you guys. Hashtag pandering. Still listen to all three. When DTR comes back, and the soon to be departed Talking Toku. Nightmare 10 at Nightmare 10 from the Power Scoop said Ranger Cast and No Pink Spandex for their PMC 2007 retrospectives. I believe Ranger Cast had one. I now listen to No Pink Spandex, Dance Toku Rants, Ranger Command Power Hour, Talking Toku, Toku Ladies, The Grid from Morphin Legacy, and just started Geekishly Toku. Charlie Niemeyer at Orange Ranger 198 says, My first was at Superhero Time, which also covers Sentai and Rider. I still listen to that, you guys, and at Talkin' Toku, plus at No Pink Spandex, and at Iga Devil's Common... Yeah, I think it just... Uh, I never got, like, a follow-up tweet okay. to that, so it's just, like, common. Common, so... yeah. <laughs> It's uncommonly <Yeah>. good. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. Ryan Cox at Ryan Cox 20. Ranger Cast is why I first listened to. Why, thank you. Uh, now I listen to you guys dance Toku Rants, Toku Ladies Podcast, and No Pink Spandex. Also talking Toku. That's yeah. like, is talking Toku all of a sudden the Ann Zoidberg? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the thing is, that's our buddy Chris's podcast. They're at episode 31 or so now. Uh-huh. And just because of life and all that stuff, they've actually announced the end of their podcast. So they've got a couple more episodes to go. So that's why everyone's like, oh, and, and now they're leaving. Quitters. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at Chitario, first, the at the Onyx Taverns Morphin Madness episode. I now listen to that and Toku Ladies Pod. Okay, Jen... Yeah. Jen Nguyen, I have no idea how to pronounce that name, actually. It always throws me for a loop. So, uh, at Minimoon132002 says, My first podcast was actually at The Grid PR, and still listen to it to this day. I listen to you guys at Talkin' Toku, at Dance Toku Rants. I also listen to at The Onyx Tavern, Toku Ladies Pod, No Pink Spandex, Angel Grove Cast, Super Sentai Brothers, and the Toku Net. You listen to everybody. How does he have the time? How do you? How do? Yeah. What you? Must, she? Excuse me. She, yeah. You must have the, the longest commute, or like. <laughs> and and sincere apologies for butchering your name. Okay, and Ray at underscore Shadow Ray twenty two. I guess the plain old Shadow Ray twenty two without it was taken. My first PR podcast was No Pink Spandex and the Grid before I became a host. Dance Toku's rants and you guys, of course. Eric Sandler and Eric underscore Schumann eighty seven. My first were Sentai Rangers and from the Command Center. Neither are still in play now. I do Morphin at Morphin Grid and others. Uh, Will Co at Willie J Co says first podcast I listened to was Ranger Cast. 
Don't listen to a lot now, but just started the PLZ, Peace, Love, and Zordon podcast with at Ranger underscore reviewer. And uh, Joshua Aaron Moore at Kentucky Jam says, my first PR pod was No Pink Spandex. My first podcast period was the BS Report with Bill Simmons. I now listen to several sports and others podcasts as well as our um, Range Command Power Hour weekly or semi-weekly and Talk and Toku or, or NPS when they do new episodes. To be honest, I feel like many PR pods are awkward listens because the hosts come across that way. You guys are very natural sounding. Oh, well, you, well, you guys you. are about to have, have a problem with awkward sounding with uh, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're doing good. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Vince Thank Ariola you. At, yes, you're welcome. <laughs> Vince Ariola at Bryce Packard said, you're the only podcast I listen to. Well, Thank you very much for that. Um, it keeps me informed, makes me laugh, and helps me clean. Ha ha. Thanks for rocking. I'm I'm glad we help people clean. Yeah. For a minute there, I, <laughs> I swear I read that as keeps me clean. And I was like, how are we doing that? Like, you got some kind of problems that we're helping? As, as long as they're not saying it really helped, like, it really helps me sleep at night. Exactly. Uh, Kyle at Deadpool underscore Ranger says, You guys were my first podcast ever, and now I have my own podcast at Longboxcast. Thanks to you. I also listen to at Talkin' Toku. Mr. Yellow at M I S T U R Yellow, we referred to this user earlier in the show, says, My mm-hmm. first podcast was RangerCast. Now I listen to Ranger Command Power Hour and Dance Toku Rants. Mighty number 2399 at Armor High TN said you and you. It was you find people that brought me back to the PR side of Toku. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. Welcome. Guys, please, our egos can't take anymore. <laughs> Your ego. <laughs> RJ Sil Zuchihabro77 at Anime Redneck96 says, oh, y'all for sure. Only other PR podcast I follow is at Talkin' Toku. Joshua Perry at Rider Ranger 335 says my first podcast was the Grid PR, then Dan's Toku Rants, then what does the RR stand for? I keep forgetting. Riders. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And finally, the most most current Range of Command Power Hour. Roxas at Talkin' Tanuki said, I started with you, and now. It's you guys and talking Toku. That list will be down to one again soon. Sad face emoji. Professor Honey Scott at DigiRanger1994 <laughs> said, My first Power Rangers podcast was probably Ranger Talk, hosted by at STDXPink. It was streamed on Twitch Sunday nights. I now mostly listen to you guys at Ranger Command and sometimes dance Toku rants. And Doug at Doug Watchin with no G. Ranger Command Power Hour was the first. I started listening to Tokyo Ladies and Talking Toku after I heard the second Batgirl and Rankal guest host. And then moving on to Facebook, Juan Carlos Sanchez said, well, this one, uh, the RRR podcast and the grid, the other one is no more. I don't know what he's referring to there. The other one is no more. We do not speak of that. <laughs> we, we don't speak of the other one. <laughs> Ken Glenn says, I started with No Pink Spandex way back when they actually were a podcast. I then did podcast Sentai Power Rangers for a while. I picked up Dan's Toku Rants, Toku Nation podcast, and From the Command Center. 
Now, it's mostly you guys, Dance Toku Rants, and what's left of Toku Nation, R.I.P. Robbie Eleanor uh, says, started with no pink spandex, moved on to the grid, then found you guys. Now I listen to you guys at the grid, and I started my own PR podcast. I'm noticing a trend here. Uh, <laughs> if you're interested, it's an episodic podcast, talking one episode at a time from the beginning, called, called Legacy of Power. Check her out. Okay. That's, That's interesting. Neat. <laughs> yeah. That's neat. Yeah. Well, that does it for that. Thanks to, for stroking our egos and plugging every Power Rangers podcast on the planet. <laughs> well, Tyler, I want to thank you so much for coming on to our show and reminiscing about RangerCast. This is fun. Um, yeah. So if people want to follow you, um, all that kind of stuff, where can they find you online? Well, I'm on Twitter, uh, A-R-E-S as in Sam, E-F as in Frank. I write for a site called Rare at Rare.us, uh, no relation to the uh, developer. I also freelance for news outlets around Baltimore. So you can see my byline, I'm not podcasting, but you can read some of my work around there. If anyone wants to, I don't know, befriend you on, on Ranger Board, are you still active over there? Or? Yes, in fact, I posted a thread about the news we all lost our minds about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm still active, but not as active as maybe I used to be, just popping in now and then. Well, again, thank you so much for devoting some time to be on our show, and we'd love to have you back on again. Hell yeah. yeah this, has been, this has been a lot of fun. It's been a yeah, blast. Yeah. Absolutely. Glad to dig up old memories. A chance to rat on Super Mega Force for a bit. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, all yeah, yeah. That, <sighs> that, that felt really good. It's just, it's a catharsis. Just get it all out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so uh, Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See you. Bye. Later. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour. This is Truckee B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and you are listening to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks. This has been another great presentation of the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch more shows at foureyedradio.com.